Yasumi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for finding the time uh, being on my uh, channel. Uh, I've been following you for a long time and I can, I've been pushing a lot of my people towards the things you say and you do because for for me and I think for a lot of people you're an inspiration um, and thank you for that. I appreciate that very much and I really appreciate being on your show. I, you have had some serious legends on your show and I've, I've been watching your podcast too so I, <laughs> I'm totally honored and humble, humbled and I think that this will be like your least downloaded podcast ever but that's okay. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> promise. I promise. <laughs> Tell me a few things about you. So I'm Sumi Singh. I am a personal trainer. I'm here based in Austin, Texas. And I've been doing this for probably about as long as you have, you know, over 20 years. And I'm the author of Mom Strong, which I think we'll probably discuss later. Yes. Um, I can in powerlifting, but um, I think I started off like many, you know, years and years and years ago doing this for purely aesthetic reasons. And now I'm old and aesthetics don't matter quite as much, but um, <laughs> that's how I started. And I think that that's what we find for many of our clients' experiences that people want to get into this because they want to look hot, which is, you know, a very understandable and laudable goal, so. Mom strong, you're a really uh, strong mom. And uh, I would just say beyond weight, right? Because we, we should forget about that. Like I always say that every mom in this planet is really strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a um, lot to be. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, and you, you know, seeing the things you post, it's not only about the physical part; it's also about the mental part that mm -hmm. we need to put on the map as well, right? Right. Exactly. I think that um, there's so much that comes from you know getting to the gym, getting stronger, developing that habit. You get all kinds of confidence, you know, from getting stronger and you carry that into other aspects of your life. It's, it's hard to describe, but like once you see a woman go from like just, you know, squatting the barbell or even starting from body weight to getting a barbell on her back to like squatting 95 pounds and they're just amazed at what they can do. I know that translates to many other aspects of their life. So I just, I do wish more women would, you know, join the, the Iron Tribe rather than jumping right into like whatever, boot camps or cardios, or whatever. But, you know, we all have to start somewhere and ultimately we find the Holy Grail, which is, you know, strict curl. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna throw in that joke throughout this podcast interview. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> my, my my thing was uh, exactly that that women think that if they join actually the, the Iron Tribe, they would get bulky and get big. Um, mm -hmm. When you started, what was your thought about that? Um, so I think I started because I I've, I've been doing this for such a long time, and when I I grew up in a different country. And I didn't have the same sort of role models I think a lot of women now growing up did. So, you know, uh, I grew up watching, you know, the Bollywood Indian stars and they were beautiful, um, make no mistake, but they were definitely on the like thicker side um, to put it like, like now it's very different. The women are like all super in shape and all cut and have abs, but you know, 25 years ago, they looked a little bit different. And I thought, wow, they're beautiful, but I want more. And I couldn't tell you why I just, I mean, I think I was born with like that exercise gene, you know, like that person who can never stop fidgeting. And I was like, gosh, you know, like, why don't we have like strong, you know, female Indians out there? And that's kind of where that bug started with me. And so I've always had a different view, view on it. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't know when it was gonna happen, but I've always admired women who were strong. And yeah, I don't even know what your question was. <laughs> oh no no it's exactly that because you know a lot of women out there were like in the, in the past like 
clients of mine, patients are like, you need, you know, you need to leave cardio in a way and start adding a bit more load because especially women that unfortunately they suffer more from osteoporosis and sarcopenia. Uh, and it's something that we're starting seeing a bit more now is like, you need, you need to start training with weights and like, oh, I don't want to look like a, you know, like, if, and I'm like, that you would never do that. You would never look like a, like bulk because of testosterone and all that. Um, have you had that with your, you know, with your clients in the past when you're saying, look, you need weights? Did they totally. tell you? Yeah, and coming from, you know, the firsthand experience, my mom has osteoporosis and osteopenia, much like your mom does. And um, they grew up in a different generation where they didn't lift weights. So I knew that, you know, when she was going through all that, I'm like, I, that's not what I want out of my life. And I, I, know, I know that most people get into weight training. We're not actually thinking about that. Like, I certainly wasn't thinking about the bone density stuff back when I started, you know, but that's one of those amazing benefits that come with getting stronger is that your bone density gets so much better. And a couple of years ago, I got my first bone density test just out of curiosity because I had been lifting you know, for so long. And I was just like, I, I kind of wonder because I'm very small frame. Like I just have really, really tiny, like uh, my wrists are super, super small. Like I'm just tiny, right? And I figured, gosh, is, you know, like has all the work that I've been doing, is it, is it, of, is it has it amounted to anything? And when I took the test, they're like, you're just, the, the results came and I was like some crazy outlier. They're like, yeah, you're, you're over here. And all other women who are like 40 something years old, they're down here. Like, and that was just by, by purely lifting weights. So that's one of the amazing benefits. And I know we don't think about it like as we get older, but like, I don't want to be, you know, in my seventies or eighties as a woman, super frail. And, you know, you know, you, there's so much risk of falling as you get older and yeah. breaking your hips and you know, as a single parent, it, it just makes me super paranoid to think that somebody would have to take care of me, you know, you know, I don't want my daughter having to take care of me in my old age. I just, I want to be as strong as possible for as long as possible and to not have to rely on anybody else. Cause yeah. It makes sense because, uh, um, people avoid it and I'm not going to lie regarding the aspect of training and every, every kind of training is good, but when you need specific results you need specifics and you're not going to get all that with being on a treadmill or um, on a carter machine right totally yeah absolutely you're not going to get the same kind of gains as you would by just gradually and progressively you know overloading as we do um i mean unless you're like super super frail or very elderly you're just not going to get much much benefit from walking so and i love walking i'll, I'll walk for days, oh, and days, and days yeah you know but i don't do that for the for the benefit of you know, building bone density. I do it because it's fun and I like to be outside and walk my dog and that kind of thing. What, how's you, like, you've been doing this for 20 years, right? What has yeah. been like a monumental change in the mindset on all these years training? I know you've been training with a living legend, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Lyle, and I, we're yeah. going to chat about him uh, for sure uh, later on. Um, yeah. What was like, Exactly. What was like, did you, did you start with weights? Did you start with group training? How was your kind of. Yeah. Uh, I guess the first, the first monumental uh, change was when I was 13 um, and way back when, and I got into like track and field and, you know, you think I'd be a runner cause I'm totally built for running, but I wanted to do the throwing sports. And mm -hmm. so I took up, whether, whether it was a good fit or not, like I took up shot put and discus. And I remember like having so much fun and I, and I went, I went to the gym and I, you know, nobody back, you know, in developing countries, like people don't do that sort of stuff. Like yeah. little girls in the gym. And I remember like bothering my parents. I want to go to the gym. I want to go to the gym and get a gym membership. And I did. And I remember like 
how people would compliment me on being strong. And that was like the coolest thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you know, as a little girl, like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure that there's some, there's something that was so like transformed. I remember the guy who ran the gym was a bodybuilder. He's like, you could be so strong one day. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I think my mindset about how cool it was to be strong at such a young age was the first kind of step in thinking, wow, this is way cooler than anything else. But I had to table that for a little while, like graduate school and, you know, all school kind of came, you know, and sort of disrupted that whole train of thought for a while. But then after I graduated, I first got into, first got back to the gym and I was, you know, all about the aesthetics. And back then, actually, like I did fitness modeling. It was a thing, like you could model for catalogs. Like now everyone's an Instagram model and I'm too old. But back then, you know, I did like, you know, jeans and yoga shoots and whatever. I don't even remember. I did a number of things. Um, and after I did that for years, and then when I hit 40, I'm like, I'm probably too old for this. So the next monumental thing was, what can I do? Like, I am very goal oriented, you know, having fitness photo shoots were a thing, like, at least there was an endpoint and a hard goal. And I love doing that. But I'm like, this is going to get old quickly. So I was like, I want to do something that's pure strength. And that's where powerlifting came in. So that was the next sort of monumental thing. That was a huge shift. Because um, as you may or may not know, like, I'm just not really built for the sport. Like I know I look big in some photographs, but um, you know, I'm 114 pounds and I'm over five, five. So I'm on the smaller side, I look huge. <laughs> you, you, know, you know how it is. Like when you lean out for yeah. a shoot, you look big, right? So um, anyway, so going back to the powerlifting thing, that was a huge shift because I, you know, decided to do my first meet and I enjoyed it so much. I made so many mistakes. But because I am not necessarily built for the sport, like I had to work a lot on my mindset. Okay. And that is, that, is, that is work. Like that is, you know, like Lyle, he's a fantastic coach. He takes care of all the like the little details that I would never, ever, ever bother with. But he doesn't do the mental stuff. Like he is not, and I don't need it. I don't need him to congratulate me or pat me on the back or I don't need the attaboys. That's, I'm just not, that's not who I am. But I had to work a lot on like that positive mentality, you know, because what we tend to do is, is normal. We always focus on the negative, right? So like oh, yeah. one thing goes wrong in your workout, you're like, oh, that was a terrible workout. I suck as a powerlifter. I might as well give up. Or, you know, it just, it just spirals, right? So I really had to work on correcting my thoughts on failure and not progressing as fast as I would like because, you know, you look on social media and everybody's doing, <laughs> you know, there are just some people who are just doing amazing things. I had to remind myself I'm not built like her. I have no idea what her journey is like. There's another very famous powerlifter. She's um, my age group, um, same weight class. Marissa Inda, I'm sure you know her. Mm -hmm. Super, super, super strong chick. But she's like 4'11". So I got like six inches on her. But if I compare myself to her just on the basis of age and weight, I'm like, you know, wow, I suck in comparison to her. But there's leverages and years of training. Like I know she yeah. from a gymnastics background and whatever, calisthenics. So she's been super strong. And she even came from a bodybuilding background, I think. So she's got all that going for her. So it's just a reminder not to, you know, do that comparisons. What were the cues and what was actually the, the how did you manage your mindset? What did you do? Did you talk to someone? Did you get books? How did you manage that? There was one amazing book that I've read. If you've not read it, I highly suggest it. It's um, called With Winning in Mind. It's by Lenny Basham. Yeah, yeah. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was just, that was, that book is like my Bible. I go back to that very frequently. You know, when I'm coming up to a meet, I tend to reread it because it's just, so good. And if you, if you want to start down the path of, you know, mental training, I would highly suggest starting there. A hundred percent. Yeah. But what, what changes did you see in your body? What, when you shifted like to powerlifting? 
What so was the change? What was it like? Like, because you know, powerlifting can seem hard work. Because you know, if you do hypertrophy, you do physique. It's what forty-five minutes an hour. Let's say and you're out of you know, that's it. You're out. And powerlifting can be a few hours. Um, so. Yeah, it, it does take a few hours. And if it was not for Lyle, I keep saying this, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing it because he loads my plates. Like literally <laughs> if, I, if I didn't have him, I think I'd be in the gym for like three hours just for legs because you know, you load the bar for squats and you know, I don't know how old you are if you're working with older clients, but like some of us take a long time to warm up. Like just the squat portion of the workout alone takes half yeah. an hour. And, and that's like eight total reps, eight heavy singles. And it's just like, what, you know, they're just gonna have <laughs> one thing, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. And the same thing with deadlifts. It's just like, God, everything takes so long. So if you don't have the time to dedicate to it, I just, it, it is a time intensive sport. Very fortunate to have him. Um, and I've, you know, over the course of years, we've, we've had periods where we've, you know, done hypertrophy cycles, which have been, I actually really enjoy them because that's where I, if, if you're talking about looking at the changes in your body, like, I definitely saw more with those extended training blocks. So, but the changes are so subtle. Like they, it, it's, I don't think it's something that happens. You have to be very patient. You really oh, yeah. do. You have to be very consistent. You've got to be disciplined. You know, it's, it's all that. And you, in, at least if you were into powerlifting, like you tend to have to like the same thing. So you better like boring stuff day in and day out. And luckily I do. I'm very simple in that regards. I don't need fitness entertainment, but you know, I think that if you're not fair to, kind of do the boring work and sometimes you know feel like you're not you know you're just kind of stuck in the same there may be weeks where you feel like you're making no progress so you kind mm -hmm. of have to be and that's really hard yeah exactly but there's you know there's there's always an end point that comes that you're like yeah you know <laughs> that's exactly what i've been working for so i would say the body that you get uh is is a nice side benefit but i don't know if i ever you know like i didn't look at it in the reverse like i want to have giant delts so that I could do rack pulls. It kind of happened the reverse, like, <laughs> holy shit, all those rack pulls. Like I've always had like boulder shoulders. Like even if like prior to doing powerlifting, I did group fitness, a lot of that stuff for, for years and years and years as a group instructor. And even then as a body pump instructor, I had like big delts and I've always had big arms. And because my legs are so long, they've always been slow to respond. And that's still, all this stuff is still very true. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> you know. What what was the challenge? What was the challenge through the years? Uh, first of all, being a mom, finding time, but also what was the challenge on on the whole aspect of that change? Because it takes balls to say that you know what, I'm getting old. I need to leave this. I need to find something else. Yeah. Um. What 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 made me want to change, or what yeah. was the yeah the challenge of those ten years, let's say, in powerlifting. Well, yeah, overall, the challenge is being a mom as well, right? Yeah, that, that so I became a mom in my early 30s. So that was like you know, 10, 10 years later, I shifted to powerlifting. I'm not sure if I would have been able to do powerlifting shortly after having a child just because it is so time intensive. And I don't think back then I would have. Like, as soon as I had my baby, I remember like there were weeks where you couldn't go to the gym just because just I mean, I had a surprise C section. I would had totally had not planned that happening, but <laughs> it just so happened that I had a high risk labor at the time. and you know, and so my, and I, I was assuming I'm going to come out of the hospital, you know, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That didn't happen. And the doctor's like, you know, you have to wait. And so I did, I did all, I, it was very, it was surprising. You know, it's surprising to look back at as egotistical as I am. Like, I think that I actually had common sense back then. And I couldn't tell you why. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like I have to be satisfied today with like walking from my house 
to the stop sign at the corner and that's all I can do. So, you know, like every woman's journey is going to be different. And the big shift in, in, you know, if you're an athletic person is you're going to have to be okay with cutting your workouts really, really short and just doing what you can. And if it's 20 minutes, that's a total win, I would say, you know? So yeah, there's no way that I could have done what I'm doing now back then. Just no. How was your mentality if like through pregnancy and then mm -hmm. postpartum, how did you see your body? How did you feel? Hormones? Yeah. So I think that with, with, with any woman who comes out of having a baby, they look down at their body afterwards and it's kind of like a little bit, it's a little bit horrifying. <laughs> like everything is loose. And, you know, you used to have abs and all of a sudden you don't. So that was really hard, especially with some, someone who, you know, we come from this aesthetics background. And prior to that, I was doing all the aesthetic based stuff. So I just tried not to look. I know it sounds strange and awful, but I was also like, Shiloh was a really difficult baby. So I remember I was back then fortunate if I could like take a shower. So I don't even have time. I couldn't even think of that because I was so sleep deprived, like the first nine months of her life, she like screamed the entire time. And <laughs> the, the only time she was quiet was when she was nursing. And I swear she nursed like on the hour, every hour, or when I was like holding her, walking her, putting her in the little baby carrier and walking. So that was like a blessing and a curse because the weight came off like that. And I also breastfed. So that's, so I didn't really, all that was happening so quickly and all the adjustments and being like a total zombie. And I don't recommend that to anybody. I don't think that's, a, you know, <laughs> I was super, super active in my pregnancy. And my mom swore that just because I was always moving when I was pregnant, she got used to all that bouncing around. Like that's the only way she knows how to relax is if you keep on moving. I'm like, this is a curse. you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, it, and it was hard. Like, I think that, you know, for women as much as possible, if they can enlist all the help that, is possible like I was I had to be misindependent that was really stupid of me like I was like I don't need anybody's help I can do this alone I'm an independent woman and because of that like I hardly had any time for myself and so that made me like mentally kind of unhinged like I remember like kind of losing my crap you know in, in places like the grocery store or at the doctor's office for no apparent reason I'm like something is wrong because I wasn't taking care of my head you know you really become like you if you don't do that if you don't learn to outsource that would be my kind of tip in retrospect to other women, you know, like, you know, whether it's babysitters or family, like, you know, you live abroad as I did, you know, like my parents live in India and I was in America and my mom came for the first like three months of my pregnancy, which was super or postpartum, which was very helpful, but you need longer. I mean, oh some women do, right? Yeah, I know we're expected to, I think that was back to work in like six weeks or seven weeks. I mean, it was dumb, like, but that's the American way, you know, like you're right, you get right back to your life, you know, everything is normal now, right? Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, exactly. Oh, sure. Everything's normal. Like it was just so not normal. Right. I don't recommend that to anybody, but I think that that's everyone's journey to walk. Like if the more you can outsource, if you have a helpful spouse, I didn't, you know, if you do, certainly somebody needs to take the burden as well. Oh, hundred percent. And thank you for saying that because yes, you're super moms, but you need time for yourselves. And, uh, when did you get your body back? When did you get yourself back? How long did it take? I mean, I, I would say at least, at least a year, you know, um, I was lucky that the, the, the weight came off quickly. Um, I'll say that by saying, I'll say that I've, for the majority of my life, I've been very much a weight maintainer. Like I haven't, I haven't had an issue with that. So I'm very fortunate, like, you know, in that regard, like I gained, what, 22, 23 pounds during my pregnancy. 
and lost it fairly quickly. But, you know, and I was back to my normal weight within a year. Wow. But, but I'm not saying that that needs to be the experience of everybody like that. You know, it's some, it can take longer for some people, just depending on what your circumstances and how much you gain. And, you know, some people have some uh, serious complications postpartum that don't allow them to get back to the gym as, you know, soon as they wish. And life is, you know, life is unexpected. You just don't know what's going to happen, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, women are expected to get back and, you know, especially now on social media, you see women who are like, you know, six or seven weeks supermodels right back on the runway. It's like, that's not normal or not. It's certainly not, yeah, certainly not the average experience, you know, for most women. And that's a lot of stress. Plus, you shouldn't be, you know, a lot of people see pictures and they're like, oh, I want to look like that. And it's like, ah, just a picture. <laughs> that's yeah, a specific a time. It's not yeah. always like that. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have social media. Like, I mean, that was, you know, Charlotte's 14, whatever, 13 years ago, there was no Instagram or Facebook even. So I'm so glad that, that wasn't something that I felt compelled to do because God, that would drive me crazy. There's so much pressure on girls to be in a certain, you know, shape or look a certain way that is, yeah, not a good place. Was that the, how did it start? Mom Strong, a 12 week uh, home program to become a stronger, fitter mom. How'd that start? Which is, <laughs> as I told you, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. I'm so glad, I'm glad yeah. you asked that question because I felt like, so, so now after a year, um, I remember like a lot of my clients as personal training saying, how'd you do that? How'd you get back in shape? And I kind of found myself saying the same thing over and over again, like much like what you do. Like, I'm sure that there are things people ask you, like, how do I set up an ideal diet or how do I set up an ideal training program for a beginner, whatever it is like, and you kind of find yourself repeating the same information over and over and over again. Right. And you're like, well, yeah. there's got to be more of a way to do this. And there are some things that are different or specific to new moms and troubleshooting stuff. And whenever, whenever it was that I wrote it, I remember speaking to Lyle, you and I were talking about him earlier and like, I've known him for a very long time. He's like, why don't you just write a book? Like, it seems that you're just kind of saying, you know, same thing. Like, why don't you, it's super simple. Just, you know, organize it in a way that you know how to organize your workouts, you know, structure it so that a, a true beginner, somebody with like zero experience, you know, who has very little time, to work out, how would you do it? Assuming the woman can only train out of her house, how would you structure it? And I'm like, okay, cool. And then what about the diet? How would you set up a basic diet for somebody who, you know, wants to get back into her pre, you know, pre-baby shape? So he was very instrumental because he did all the videos and all the photos and the editing stuff that I would never do. Like I would, I don't, I wouldn't have had the means to get video camera. Like I wouldn't have done anything like that. There wouldn't have been in pictures without him. So he was instrumental in putting that, or at least pushing me in the direction to just do it because, you know, he's written lots and lots of books and for him, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot simply because you also need something that's some sort of like passive income, which is very true. I'm terrible at that passive income stuff. You know, like I don't just like he has all of his income is passive income and you know that rather than working your butt off, like as we were doing, as we still do is like, you know, in-person training and online stuff is like, you got to find a way to do something passive. I could be better at that, to be honest. Oh, 100%. And you, and you got an amazing mentor. I, I'll tell you this, like from now on, and I had, since I read your book, I've got a lot of my clients to your webpage. Um, and I had that in the past because of your content. Um, and, and it's seriously, it's, a, it's a, about a 90 pages, I think, but mm -hmm. 100 mm -hmm. pages. And yeah. it's so dense. And I love it because you have so many solutions. People don't need to think too much. Just follow mm -hmm. it. You've got a really nice um, how you segmented. It. It's amazing. It's a really nice tool. 
Yeah, the nice thing is that, you know, the tools that you need to get back in shape, especially with regards to weight training, they haven't changed over the, haven't changed in the past 20 years, really. Now, some of the nutrition stuff, I think, has changed, like, back when I wrote the book, you know, I had some guidelines for nutrition, which you and I will always agree, and we'll talk till we're blue in the place, that women always need more protein, we need protein in every single meal, like, like something, you know, is going to be better than nothing, and even if it's a cup of big yogurt to start your day, that's, that's perfectly fine. But what has changed, at least since I wrote the book, is that now there are so many meal delivery services. Oh, yeah. You know, that just that will like give you weeks worth of food frozen, you know, and based on your weight loss goal. So let's say you want to weigh, you know, whatever you want a 1200 calorie a day diet, whatever the case is, they can do that for you. And it's all like bro foods, but they're like delicious bro foods. I mean, uh, if, yeah. if you have the means to do something like that and, you know, back then, that's exactly what I would have done because it's sometimes it's really hard to do meal prep when you're so exhausted. So that, that would be, that, that, that's like, if I can promote that as much as possible, I didn't put that in the book because back then it just wasn't a thing. So now, now that you, now you took me through that path, what was, how did you manage, you know, a lot of women regarding, you know, menstrual cycle. And I point them all the time. I said, if you want to know your body, woman's book, a hundred percent. Totally. Yes. It's like the Bible. Thank you, yep. Lyle. Yep. Um, yep. Yes. Um, he's also the guy that put women's training on the map by far. Um, but how did you manage with water retention? If I'm allowed to say PMS with all those cycles going on, because a woman, I, I love that quote. And I quote Lyle again, uh, yeah. a man is the same asshole for 65 yeah. <laughs> years. Women yeah. are 30 different people in one month. How yep. Did, yep. Talk to I me mean, about that. So the thing is, I come in from, you and I come from a, such a different background in the sense of we actually track this stuff, like, yeah. and I've tracked it for years. And I don't know if this is your experience with clients, but like, I know how much weight I'm going to gain if it's PMS week. I know how much I'm going to drop. It's, it, it, it's like clockwork. But there are women who like, who I, who I counsel, who, who still don't, who still aren't aware of this. Like they don't, they, they're like, oh my gosh, the scale went up. I'm like, you're a menstruating female like like it's, it's people don't know what they don't know like you got to start tracking like there's going to be a weight that you're going to be during your you know your, during the week that you bleed and then there's going to be a weight that you're going to be like one week out from your period and you have to know what it is because I mean especially if you're a power lifter and you're trying to make weight like this is a huge huge difference like I mean that's not the average person but like still it helps women like stopping from freaking out because like oh my god my my hunger is off the roof or my cravings are you know I can't control them and so like you need to strategize. Like, certainly don't start a diet during PMS week. That's bad advice, <laughs> right? And like, have all the tools that you want. Like, especially if you're trying to lose weight. Like, if you know you're the kind of woman who craves chocolate, maybe you know, find there are like so many products out there that like, there's like a there's like a chocolate, like a hot chocolate diabetic tea or something. Like, things that you know taste like chocolate or even like decently good sugar-free hot chocolate things that kind of fit yeah. the spot. Like, cause you're not necessarily, there's, there's a point in the night for us, you know, like we're not necessarily hungry. We've eaten, you just kind of crave something. And, you know, like Lyle will say, you know, it's, it's cultural. Like some women in some countries will crave X, Y, Z, like in America, it's typically chocolate, right. Or, you know, yeah. ice cream, something like that. So it's just like, figure out a strategy that, you know, that if you, this is what's going to happen and this is how you're going to feel like buy the little items that you need just to last you so that you don't go off the rails and go completely crazy. Because this is life, like, and for the next, you know, whatever, like, once you get your period and you're like, you know, first time you get it, it's like, welcome to 40 years of this mystery. Like, you might as well, <laughs> you might as well start to learn how your, you know, your body reacts, like, you know, how it looks, like where you see the bloat, because, you know, people start panicking. 
what did I eat? What did I eat? It's like, uh, well, maybe just that time of month. So what are the tools you use to, let's say we have someone that has no idea of how to do it. How would you guide a, a woman of, you know, when to expect weight, how to measure how much weight she gained, um, yada, 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 regarding the aspect of what to use? Um, if it doesn't make the person neurotic, I highly suggest just daily weighing, like for the entire span of your, you know, I know that's hard for some people, they just prefer like a once a week weigh-in, but if you're the kind of person who does fluctuate a lot, it's good to take, you know, seven days and then the average, and then yeah. figure that out, you know, and then compare week to week of each type, each cycle of your period versus, you know, you know, week one of your period versus, you know, right during PMS week. So you have to, you have to track. I know, I know it's gotten a lot of shame. Like people say, oh yeah, don't weigh yourself daily. It could drive you crazy. But you know, if the opposite is just banging your head against the wall, thinking you haven't lost weight, but really it's nothing but water retention. Well, you know, hopefully you don't have to do it. Hopefully you don't have to do this forever. Yes, there are other tools. I'm sure that, you know, you could do a waistline circumference measurement or something like that, or, you know, pictures, you know, another set of eyes. Like we are our worst critics. Like I don't trust myself even. I could look at myself and be like, yeah, I don't see X, Y, Z. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're horrific. women are horrible. I don't know what it's like for men, but geez, I, stuff that I hear is just, it's, it's pretty amazing. It is. And thank you for saying about the shame because I hear the same thing about intuitive eating. And we had a, a couple of conversations with Lyle about that, which I, I don't really understand. It's like, if you want to, if you want to, you know, results, you need a specific goal. You need to follow specific guidelines. Um, yeah. It cannot be just vague, right? So mm -hmm. I told my clients, you know, these are, do you want meals? Do you want macros? Do you want something flexible? But again, you need to measure it. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Going back to that measurement thing is um, there's a, an app. Um, I don't know if you use it. It's called Happy Scale. Okay. It's just Happy, Happy Scale. It's just an app. And you just track your weight on there. There's all kinds of apps out there for, you know, weight tracking. There are some that are for period tracking, but I'm more so if that's, if you're looking for fertility stuff, but I would say happy scales of the most, you know, I use that one, my clients use that and, or, you know, do an Excel spreadsheet, whatever. It doesn't matter as long Anything as you're that works. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know, like a lot of that shame against the scale and all that, I think that's more, you know, that's more so in our industry where people are, you know, paranoid for all kinds of different reasons, but the real world clients I have who use it really don't care. They're like, yeah, okay, sure. No problem. I could weigh a scale. Yeah. I could do it daily. It's not a big deal. A hundred percent. So how did you meet Lyle? <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, you know, so before I moved, I live in Austin, Texas now, and I knew that he lives here. Like you and I have, you know, known of his books for a very long time. So I had read all his books before coming here and I knew he was here and I'm like, ah, I'm going to be moving to Austin. So I just messaged him and I said, Hey, I am going to be looking for a job as a personal trainer. Do you know anybody? And he goes, yeah, sure. I, he trained these like two women. He's like, they're opening up a gym. Why don't you come down and meet them? So when I came down here, I'm like, hey, I'm in Austin. He's like, who is this? I'm like, listen, asshole. Like, you know, <laughs> he almost completely forgot about me. <laughs> but but when, we, when, I, when I came here, he introduced me to his friends. And then we've just, we've just kind of been in touch since, since I moved here. We've been friends, basically. Um, and he really took over um, my lifting career once I decided to do powerlifting. But I've known him for a very, very, very long time. How's Lyle? What made you, what did he change? What, what was something that you were in awe, like, wow. Well, besides the books, I'm, I'm talking in personal training. Yeah, um, so Lyle was really instrumental in giving my ego a check because, you know, I thought like I knew it all. Like I'm like, I have this many years of experience as a trainer, like a pilot thing is very different, mind you. But like, I had to relearn almost everything 
because I squatted in an entirely different way. Like I was squatting for aesthetics. I wasn't squatting for, I wasn't doing the, you know, the low bar, like nothing that I was doing was, I had to relearn everything. I had to, had to bench, how to squat, how to deadlift. And so, you know, and with him and I'm the typical female, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for my next set. Like we recover like this. I'm sure you noticed, right? And he's like, you need more rest than this, you know? <laughs> and then I remember he's like, I used to be like one of these like cardio bunnies too. Like I, cause I did so much, like I would, you know, I would run and I would teach classes and I would do personal training. I was doing it all. He's like, you have to stop doing all this pointless shit. Like, he's like if you want to make gains as a powerlifter, you have to stop running. I'm like, what do you mean? Cause I love to like, I'm just a born fidgeter. Like I love to like sweat and do stuff like that. And like, I'm not sweating during powerlifting. I'm not actually doing anything, you know? So, <laughs> like, make me sweat. Yeah, he's like, you have to stop running. I'm like, stop running. And I, and I just stopped because I'm like, okay, I'll just stop. So, you know, he's like, your legs will never grow. Right? Yeah, and yeah. you're fighting. Yeah, he's like, there's just too much stress in your legs. And you're getting older. I'm like, what do you mean older? Like, there are all these things. That he was just How so dare you? <laughs> yeah, he was just very matter of fact about all this stuff, you know? Um, so see, he was huge in that. And I, like I said, I just would never, ever, I would never compete if it wasn't for him. Like, I don't have the, he, he puts so much detail and attention to worrying about everything that I could, I'd never do that. Like, I'd probably, if I had to pick my attempts, I'd probably be like, yeah, just put everything on the bar. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I would kill myself a long time ago because, you know, I don't, you know, he's, he's very much pragmatic. He, he aims for those, like, you know, minute gains, you know, five pounds, you know, every competition season or whatever. So it's, it's not a lot. So if you are the kind of person who is ego driven, you're not going to work well with him because he is, he's conservative because he wants to see you succeed. And that makes perfect sense. It's how I would handle a diet client or how you would, you know, handle any client or whatever. It's just like, you want them to succeed. You have to encourage them to kind of stay the course and like, you know, sure. There are, you know, times in your life where you need to crash diet and get the weight off super fast, but that's not our preference, right? We'd rather see somebody do something that's more habits-based, you know, teaches yeah. them something, right? And just kind of works with their life and their schedule. It's a bit like sustainable and they don't feel like they're dying, right? So it's, it really is microscopic progress. You have to make sure that you're okay with that. So and I would say he's been, he's been huge. Like I would not be powerless if it wasn't for him. I think the industry owes a lot to uh, Lyle. Um, he is not non-biased. He doesn't give a shit about his persona. You know, about yeah. what, he just needs the truth to come out in any way. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and from 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 what I've seen, uh, he's the he will give everything. Uh, I had questions in the past. He didn't even know me, and I just sent an email. Well, it was like ten years ago, more than that. And yeah. he straight away came back. These are the papers if you need any help. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've been chatting for the past, I don't know, five years, whenever, you know, like Skype, just have a conversation. Um, yeah. And it, we could go for like four or five hours without even knowing. Um, yeah. and, and if if he will say, I don't know, which yeah. uh, coming from Lyle, you know what I mean? He is, yeah, we owe him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's somebody in the industry that people just love to hate and hate on for no reason. And um, he'll often come, you know, he'll often come up with stuff that, you know, he, he's done it like 10, 15, 20 years ago. He'll, he'll say something like, I remember the whole weighted vest thing. You remember then like, I think it was back in rapid fat loss where he said, yeah, maybe we should, you know, once people start to lose weight, like add a weighted vest to, to offset some of the losses from dieting. And like now, whatever, 20 years later, I'm not quite sure when rapid fat loss was written, but 
you know, now everyone's like, oh yeah, let's get a weighted vest for the purpose of weight loss or when dieting and contest dieting. So it's just it's kind of funny. <laughs> and it's just one of those things, you know, that he's talked about for a long time. So yeah, he, he, he genuinely cares about women. And I don't think that people see that because I, I know, know him personally, because, you know, I see him like what, six days a week because of powerlifting training, especially. And you know, if I have a client, like a female client who I, you know, she's struggling with something in particular, like whether it's some sort of like menopause or perimenopause, like, cause he is the man, you know, some sort of thing with, you know, supplementation. And I will just go back to him and be like, she's struggling with this. What's the best course of action for her? And he'll be right on it. Like he's always super helpful. Like, and I've known him personally, like he's had relationships with women in the past who I've seen him like just go out of his way to help them. Even if, you know, even if they're not together and he's, he just, he just helps people who want to be helped and if you listen and you see this yeah. in the group all the time women will come with their questions and he will genuinely try to help them steer them the right path away from the woo and you know because there's a lot of woo out there oh oh yeah, yeah. now yeah. it's a nice segue um there are a lot of supplements a lot of um magic pills yeah. a lot of uh i don't want to well it's not pg so a lot of, of bullshit out there yeah. Um, what's your opinion on those supplements, those fast kind of way to be a super hot mom in like two weeks <laughs> and all that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, I, like fundamentally, I get it. Like I get what, who wouldn't want to be hot in six weeks? Like we all would. It, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, sure. Sign me up for that. Like, give me the pill. And so it's, it's very normal and natural to want a quick fix. It makes total sense. And then on top of it, you have all the stress on, you know, today's mother is expected, you know, not only to get back to work, but to, you know, be a perfect mom to their baby and tend to the baby and then tend to the husband, keep a clean house. Like, uh, and on top of it, you're supposed to look hot. You're supposed to be a size zero, like, and you're supposed to be able to make magical meals every day. Like, I don't like, I, it's, 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 I see it like all the time. And it's, it's and this, this marketing, you know, uh, machine out there, you know, they will spit out these like, you know, stupid diets like and you'll have these mothers who come on like I'm, I'm on these moms forums obviously because my mom whatever but you'll see a lot of moms who will sell these programs and and then they'll post something like I lost 20 pounds using blah 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 products okay and then in the comment section you'll see all these other moms who are clearly paid to comment on this too or whatever like just they're all in it together, but no one can see that, right? And so then you get all these people who are buying into these programs and it's, they're not cheap. Like these people are preying on their emotional weaknesses and they're yeah. forking over all this money. And it's so sad and it's so frustrating. And it's over and over the course of like my, you know, my years of being a mother watching this going, why? Like you could, I mean, yes, I get it. It's, it's hard to prepare meals, right? But it's basically at the end of the day, all these diets are, are you know, reduced calorie. That's it you know you'll buy shakes or whatever pay all this money it's like all you're doing is reducing calories sure you're paying money to it and they simplify it but you know you could do that by just you know doing a high protein diet you know throwing some fruits and vegetables or whatever like i mean it's it is very frustrating because people don't use common sense when it comes to that that instinct of just wanting to look hot right now and you know there's we do live in a quick fix society where we want everything now nobody wants to work it's hard. Like who wants to wait a year to get to your goal weight? It's hard. Right. But you know, maybe you could break it up. Think about, you know, your journey of, instead of going, Oh gosh, you know, I have, it's going to take me, you know, nine months or whatever to lose 30 pounds. Why not break it up or break up your journey into like, okay, maybe the first 16 weeks I diet, take a break, you know, and yeah. then you learn something along the way, like rather than having, like, I don't understand why you have to get 
unless there's a particular reason you need to, you need to be a certain weight by a certain date, like, you know, but that's not the majority of people. Sure, if you're an athlete, yeah, but, or if you're trying to be in shape for a, somebody else's wedding or whatever, or a beach trip, sure, I get it, right? But for the most part, you just chill out, you know? <laughs> you can look hot for as long as you want, and like more and more, I mean, more and more, that's the one thing about social media. I'll see women who are in their 50s and they look amazing. You got masters athletes, or you got women who still look great, and despite, you know, being quote unquote older, so, I don't know. It is very frustrating. It is very frustrating. You've got a degree in biology, and you know that things need to settle after all that kick for nine months. Yeah. Um, so I always say that um, just let your biology, you know, follow a plan. Yes. Don't set in stone because there are a lot of things. Life can happen. Um, yeah. And just relax and enjoy the ride. Um, no gimmick, no pill, no crushed diet. Nothing's going to you're going to have more problems by doing that rather than just oh, yeah. hire someone you yeah much cheaper um, right you know what i mean find someone that knows what he's doing and just just say here you go just i want to look like this or that i want to get back in shape just do it you know help me out rather than just yeah getting a box yeah exactly and that's what you and i do if we're if we're so lucky we find the right you know where i find the right people who are willing to do that and if, that's always great. It's very rewarding because you get to work with people and really figure out what their why is and why they want to be X, Y, Z weight by a certain date. And then you can really figure them out and figure out the right fit for you. And it's, I don't know, it's so much more fun to work with people when you know what really oh. makes them tick. Oh, hundred percent. I saw you, I saw your competition with a strict uh, curl. <laughs> wow. <That's... laughs> I thought we were going to talk about it for the full hour. We haven't talked about it one bit. <laughs> so... <laughs> what else did we talk about, right? <laughs> What was that? I don't know what that was, but that was that was like you know it was it was one of those things where like it, it's like the fourth lift in powerlifting that is not not very common. I don't I don't know where it is where you compete, but like it's not very very common. And if it is, you know, it's one of those sort of weird things, right? So anyhow, um, we've always joked that like my arms are really my best body part. Like I really have gigantic arms in relation to the rest of my body. I'm like I might as well get a medal for them. Like anything. <laughs> And because of COVID and everything, like there have just been fewer powerlifting competitions. Um, USPA is uh, the United States Powerlifting Association in Texas. They have wonderful meets, but they're not just in Austin. And Lila and I aren't the kind of people who tend to travel very much. So if they're not in Austin, most likely we're not going to do it. So this strict curl nation was holding a competition and, um, you know, we're like, yeah, there's no, no competition. Let's do something. It might be fun. And it was fun, like it was really fun, kind of a goofy thing to do, but we did, like we had maybe six weeks to train for it, decided to sign up two weeks out. Um, I think that like the all time world record is 84 pounds for, the, for, for my weight and age class. So, you know, I hit 79 in training. I just kind of imagine like if I had actually trained like properly for it, like what I've been able to, got, you know, this is kind of cool. So maybe the next one, I qualified for the Arnold, so we'll see. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> awesome shot as well on that bicep. I saw that yeah. picture. I was like, wow. I should just have a page for my, you know, an Instagram page for my right bicep. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Girls, don't have pages for their booties and might as well be one for my biceps, right? Oh, yeah. Well, right? well yeah, why not, actually? Yeah. Why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's next? What's coming up? Um, for me, in terms of training, um, there should be another competition. Um, next competition won't be for another couple months. We'll see if we did the Arnold's. That would be interesting if we did. Um, 
And then the next powerlifting meet uh, should be not until I think July or August. We've got some time. So in between now and then, I've got some work to do. I'd love to put some more mass on my legs, although it, it would be a miracle. You know, it would, it'd be a miracle. If he can achieve, if Lau can achieve that, it'd be great because it would take, it would take a lot of work on both of our parts. So especially because I, you know, main, I'm such a good weight maintainer. It's not, I know it sounds stupid, but like I tend to maintain my weight fairly easily that I almost think it'd be like a lot of effort to put on more weight. Guys, please don't hate her. She's lovely, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you know, for better or for worse, I, um, I, I need to learn to calm down in terms of I can't sit still very long. And I, you have to be the same way. Because you're, you know, right? I just, I, yeah, I'm one of these people like, oh, you can eat whatever you want. I'm like, I don't sit still all day long. And it's you're like, uh. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I'm surprised I'm not vibrating right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> for as long as we've been talking. <laughs> I'm the same. Oh. I cannot sit still. It's like just crazy. But what's next for you? What's next for me? Uh, so I just qualified as a chiropractor. Um, so that was a five-year journey that, wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. That's big. Uh, yeah. So staying in London for now, just working with uh, the Giants as well. Um, being a chiropractor and just helping with uh, any rehab, anything needed there um some athletes uh, again i'm going to be traveling again when all this thing comes down a bit mm -hmm. so do you do do you do their like chiropractic adjustments for the athletes when they're traveling is that what you do or is that what you as plan well, to do as well okay. yeah I can, I can handle the rehab if needed um uh, if, if there's an injury uh, in between events um mm -hmm. i can do their prep also like uh kind of snc towards something more specific yep um, so yeah, but imagine having like a 200, uh, kilo, six foot seven guy Holy on your bench. Yeah. It's, that's oh really interesting. <laughs> so are your athletes, I know that you, you do a lot of tennis, tennis players or did yes. I imagine? Okay. Yeah. Tennis, tennis. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So it was really funny because I went from like, um, track and field, MMA, a bit of Olympic lifting, a couple of CrossFit and powerlifting guys to the strongman, which was a different kind of wow and then in between uh tennis players general population as well because um, yeah. we're being associated in a clinic in hampton outside london called spine central um so yeah cool so if people want to like get a session with you they have to go to spine central to find you and book a yeah. session yeah. awesome good for you wow that's yeah. cool. i'm gonna see are we gonna see a new book I would, you know, I would love to, and I think if I, if I'm going to write one, I've been thinking about it is I would love to do something. And if it's not too overdone, something on mental, mental training, I know that there's a lot out there, but maybe something more specific to women. Um, this is how we view ourselves. And, but if we, the thing is that these tend to be written more for like an audience of, you know, lifters or athletes, but that's not really, there's so much more, you know, that can be said because all those lessons really do apply to like almost everything. So even parenting, you know, wow. Maybe. Sign, sign me up. Uh, have you made a, like, do you know if it's coming out or when or anything like that? It's just something I've been thinking about. Yeah. Um, you know, these things, yeah. <laughs> these things take years, right? For so. sure. But it's so interesting because um, how do you think women, especially now, view themselves? And I know I'm going in a rant here, but it's really important to um, hear that from you. I think that women think that the average woman thinks that she's never enough. That's, that's kind of to sum it up. That's just, it's, you can never, it's never enough. Like you can always be 
a better parent and you know you can always be a better wife or you can always be a better friend or you can always be a better you know potter whatever you could be always be something else and it's really hard because we all struggle with it like we're never and you know this this is like women are just never satisfied oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) why why are we like this that's that's something okay what would be your advice for all the women out there Uh, one for training and mm-hmm. one for how they view themselves. That would be, I think, a nice closure as well. Um, so for training, I would say if somebody wants to get started, the thing is just to start small. I think that people get overwhelmed and they get that sort of analysis paralysis. They think of they having, they have to do all kinds of different things. Like whatever resonates with you the most, just do it. Like, I don't care if it's Zumba. I don't care if it's boot camp. I don't care if it's yoga. I don't care if it's Pilates, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever appeals to you, start there because that's always going to lead some, to something better. Ultimately, everyone's going to end up doing straight curl competitions, and that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> People will find the iron, right? Oh, that's yeah. always going to be, right? Um, and I think for as far as women, like, find something that comes from a place of, this very sounds super, super cheesy, but, like, self-love rather than self-hate. I don't think that shaming yourself, there are very few women where shaming works like it it generates a really positive change it could be there are some women that that does work as a positive motivator to change but there's got to be something that comes from a place of gratitude so you know what that means something like start with a simple gratitude board i don't care what it is like one thing because you know you can there's that whole downward you know spiral effect where you think this is horrible and this went wrong but there's something you're grateful for i don't care what it is it could be you know the fact that you have you know, an apple in your fridge. I don't care. Like you love your eyelashes, whatever. There is something positive about you or your life that you can take stock of. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. point you can rather than, you know, take it downwards, take it upwards. And, and, you know, I think that if, if, if we can embrace just the small changes, like whatever it is I accomplished, you know, if I was able to go for a five minute walk today. I think that's great. Yeah. You celebrate that. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for honoring, you know, having me on your show. I'm honored to be like among all the great guests you've had. I know you've had some real big shots on your show. So thank you. And you're one of them. Oh, <laughs> I mean you. it. I mean oh. it. Um, uh, first of all, I, 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 it's what I told, told you in the beginning that the things you put out there and like, especially now like, with actually what you said about that book, because it's... It's amazing that we we look at muscles and we forget the main muscle, which is our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying that, actually, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be texting you every day when the book is coming out. Um, <laughs> because it's it's a massive, you know, massive thing that people need to uh, start thinking about. And the way that how you word things in your book and the way how you um, you're really humble and you're creating a massive change out there. And um, I thank you for that. Thank you, Rocco. I really appreciate that. Very kind of you. I know you got a lot going on in your life, and so thank you for making the time today. Thank you. Oh, it's it's my pleasure, and uh, it's a date. Me, you, and Lyle at some point uh, in Austin. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right. Thank you so much. Bye.